0: And welcome back to Tapping into Crypto, the podcast for all things cryptocurrency. We have a little bit of a different episode today, but it is one I know so many of you listening are curious about. We're going to be chatting about what it's like to work in the world of cryptocurrency and blockchain. And to do that, we have Jordan Diverty joining us. Now, although this podcast is brought to you by SwiftX, that is not the reason we are doing this. We're going to be diving a little bit deeper, talking a little bit broader about the cryptocurrency and blockchain recruiting industry in general and going to talk about what it's really like. There are million-dollar job offers that we're going to talk through, whether they're real or not, and how you can get one, and how you can stand out from the crowd in a competitive space like crypto and blockchain. So whether you're a beginner, a Bitcoin veteran, or just crypto curious, I am your host, Alicia Chapman, and this is Hyping into Crypto. Welcome to the pod, Jordan DiVerti. It is so good to have you here with us today.
1: Cheers! thanks for having me.
0: Amazing. So you are the Senior Technical Recruiter at Swift uh, The question that we, of course, ask every guest to the podcast is, what was your very first crypto purchase and do you still have it now?
1: My very first crypto purchase was... I think maybe like five, six years ago when I was working at a recruitment agency and our IT guy from the UK had moved over, started living here, became really close with him. And yeah, he was super into that sort of stuff. I'm like, what even is this? And he was big on Ripple at the time. Um, and yeah, he got me into buying some of that and didn't really understand what I was doing. It was like, all right, let's hope this works. And then... I've still got a little bit of it. I don't have all of it that, that I had when I did buy it originally, but I've got a little bit of it, hoping that it amounts to something.
0: Nice. And did you sell at a good time? Did you sell before all the drama went down?
1: Yeah. So I sold when I, I pretty much doubled my money and then sold. because I'm like, oh, I need money. I was like <laughs> younger, single, you know, skin at the end of a month <laughs> needing money. So I sold some. I'm like, oh, this worked out well.
0: 100%. And I think we have those conversations so often. Like the people that actually hang on to it for the long haul, if they got into it, you know, five, six, seven years ago, most of them hung on to it because they completely forgot they bought it in the first place. There's not many people that could see that balance growing and be like, oh no, maybe I'll just leave it, you know, especially through the ups and downs and the lows that you see along the way. It's pretty rare to see someone who's held strong the whole time.
1: Yeah, 100%. I think I like the ripple that I have, I only have it because I forgot about it. <laughs> as well. That that I didn't obviously withdraw all of it. So I kept half in there or however much in there and just yet completely forgot about it until maybe like 12, 18 months ago. I'm like, oh, okay. So I've got some of this going.
0: Yeah. They're the best kind of projects. I actually had one myself. I won't mention which one it was, but they had a really big spike this week and I completely forgot I had any. And I saw all this chatter about it. I was like, I reckon I've got some of that. Anyway, jumped on. Saw it. It was just like a a pump and dump. So I missed the top, but oh my god, if I was paying attention, it would have been a very good day last week. So it's so funny, (laughs) you know. Even even us, like living and breathing crypto every single day, like I I forget some of the stuff that's in my wallet sometimes. So
1: yeah, hundred percent.
0: On times. Cool. So we're going to be chatting about all things working in crypto today, which is super exciting. And I know personally, just scrolling through LinkedIn, it feels like every second job I see is either crypto or blockchain related. And as a recruiter, like you, you are seeing how fast. SwiftX is growing. Like you're part of that journey. You're the reason they're able to grow so quickly. Do you think that's still happening across the board for crypto-related companies, even with the recent market changes?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think if we look at, I guess, just Australia in general, there's not a whole lot out there. There is sort of, you know, more popping up, you know, every week or every couple of months. Uh, new companies doing something in that sort of web three space, blockchain or crypto itself. I think Australia is always a little bit behind the US in terms of, you know, technology trends, like shifts you sort of see in, you know, certain roles becoming really popular in the US and they slowly trickle over here or even just the names of roles. And then I think the same result in terms of like type of companies. Like I think Australia were. Know, really at the forefront in terms of that, you know, the buy now, pay later stuff with obviously your zip and your afterpays and now there's every type of pay you want. Yeah. Um, so it's slowly, you know, with, with the crypto stuff, it's slowly popping up more and more often and the candidates as well. I think it's a space that people are, you know, quite intrigued about and in that if they don't understand fully, they want to know a little bit more about it to then, you know, make a decision if it's something that they want to put their name to, so to speak.
0: Yeah. And it is like this big shift. And I want to dive into that and like what it actually looks like. You know, if you aren't in the crypto world, how do you learn about it? But before we do, I think coming from a corporate background myself and being quite close with some of the guys in the development scene, we talk about, you know, some of the things we're seeing going on. And there was this article I saw at the end of last month. It was published in Forbes and they were chatting about these dev roles. It was a senior engineer role and they were getting offered $900,000 a year to work in a crypto related company so more than Google, more than Meta and it just felt so surreal to see that as a total package like it it just blew my mind like given your experience in technical recruiting would you say that crypto and exchanges and those sort of things are more competitive than other tech industries
1: I'd say just tech in general is you know, super competitive. And I think for a industry that is, you know, maybe a little bit unknown still or quite a young type of industry that maybe that's the way these companies have to, you know, what they have to do to try and attract the top talent that they want, you know, pay a little bit more to, you know, mitigate that risk of maybe not working out. I'm assuming as oh, all that salary is definitely most probably in the U.S. based, not not here in Australia. And obviously, you know, overall sort of package, you know, how much shares is made up in that $900,000, for example, versus what their base salary is, bonus, are they giving them like coins and that sort of stuff as well. I know previously when I've done recruitment for the U.S., for a blockchain startup, uh, the salaries of people over there—sort of, no matter where they work—definitely in like you know, Silicon Valley, and New York, that sort of stuff. Salaries are just ridiculous, and it makes you think: like, why did I not get into software engineering or you know, oh my management for sure?
0: Actually, I was re- when I was reading this, I'm like, mm, maybe I should go back to uni. And I actually sent it to one of my old colleagues, I'm like, hey, want to teach me how to code properly? Because I feel like I've got a lot to learn, and I would like to start right now.
1: Yeah. How how hard is it? (laughs) Is it really as hard as it it
0: seems? Oh my gosh, actually. And then like, and I think that's the thing. If you aren't involved in it, if you've never worked alongside these people, the value that they bring, like, oh my gosh, like they're they're literally the things that make the companies go around, like that make the tech work. Sorry, like they are so sought after and valuable, but it blew my mind that that was a salary. And people were saying that was quite competitive, that was something that, you know, yeah, I'd expect it to be that high. For someone who wants to join the crypto world, so say they've just heard us talking about $900,000 salaries, think that sounds pretty sweet. What would you say the learning curve's like? If someone has never sort of been exposed to crypto, maybe they've listened to a couple of podcasts, they've bought some Bitcoin, but they don't actually know a lot about the tech or blockchain behind it. How steep would you say the learning curve is?
1: It really depends on the role that they're going for. Of course, there's going to be some roles that you need to have a good understanding about crypto and, you know, the intricacies of how it works, why things are done certain ways, you know, what people look for, that sort of stuff. But I think, you know, this is a very software engineering focused what I'm about to say here at Subtex in particular. We just want good engineers. Um, you know, we'll teach you what you need to know about crypto or payments or it may be. So first and foremost, you need to be, you know, a decent human being, you know, live and breathe our values, but then be good at what your craft is, whether that's front end, back-end, mobile engineering, product management, the intricacies of crypto and blockchain, how it all works, we will teach you that. I mean, there is, you know, a lot of resources out there that people can go to, you know, we've got that learn at SwiftX stuff on our website where you can learn a lot of stuff that's probably a little bit more geared towards helping people understand like how to invest or what to look for you know how to read charts that sort of stuff twitter is a great place to learn you know you find people that have a good following that put all that information out there for people to you know have a look at listen to podcasts just google really as well just what is blockchain and you can get into some pretty deep rabbit holes
0: yeah and there's some pretty cool like official Learnings coming out now as well. Like we had Dr. Aaron Lane on the podcast from RMIT, and he was chatting about you know the actual official university courses that are coming out. Some of them are quite short, and I think they have to be short because crypto is changing so quickly at the moment. Like blockchain and the tech, like we're building and reiterating on it day on day. Like it changes day on day. So you know that learning, although it's new and comes out today, in three months' time, it might be something completely different to learn. So I think like it is that funny approach. Whereas in the past, you would like with marketing go to uni and do your degree for 3 years. Whereas in crypto, you almost have to have your finger on the pulse every single day to keep up with what's going on.
1: Yeah, 100%. I think as well, the best way to you know learn and understand is you know if you have a genuine interest in it as well because you it's not going to feel like you're doing study or homework or whatever it is outside of your 9-to-5 job where it could be a little bit draining to go home and read or do a course, like a 12-week course for... Two, three hours a night. If it's something that you actually are interested in and passionate about, you know, you almost do it in a week rather than over the top week because it's something you, you know, you want to learn about. I wouldn't be surprised if they start, you know, teaching this sort of stuff in high school. It's like one layer before, you know, university and that sort of stuff as well, because I know it probably would have got me a little bit more interested in high school. You know, to learn about this sort of stuff, then some of the stuff I was forced to learn about that I've never done anything with oh
0: my God, tell me about it, this stuff. We have these discussions all the time. I'm like, I still have never used long division on a piece of paper ever in my (laughs) life. But it is so funny. And it's cool even looking like at primary schools now, looking at, you know, some of my friends' kids, they've got like little robots that they make at primary school. Like it is becoming part of the curriculum. So yeah, I 100% agree with that. And I think like it is that common misconception, especially around our communities is that you need to know so much about crypto to work in it. But you know, previously in my corporate background, we were in a heavily regulated fintech world, and some of the regulations that we needed to know and understand were extraordinarily complex. But everyone I hired, including myself when I first got hired, didn't have that background because. There's a lot you can't teach people. You can't teach people work ethic. You can't teach them to bring their best selves to work every day and all of their soft skills. Whereas you can teach them anything about this stuff. Anyone can learn about crypto. Like we're here. I'm learning every week with you guys. I'm learning probably just as much as you. So it's something that, you know, if you'd love it, as you said, it's so easy to get into. Yeah,
1: definitely.
0: And the other thing I guess to touch on, like looking at the crypto world and exchanges, there's... A lot of roles that aren't in that development space specifically, like you, are specialized in technical recruitment. But they're like big companies, yeah. So they need every single type of role.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's like the exact same as you know any other tech company out there. We need marketing people. We need you know finance people, accountants, all the different people that make up the PNC team from HR advisors, PNC advisors, you know all the way to customer support people that are at the forefront of the business. Really, like interacting with users on a Daily and hourly basis. So yeah, it's no different to you know a Google or Facebook or Meta. What are they calling themselves these days? Where you know they have, of course, a bulk of their people are going to be tech related, whether it's engineers, product management, designers, etc. But you need everyone else to make it a well-run machine.
0: And how would you sell working in crypto to someone? So obviously, we've got Swiftex specific related perks and benefits, and there's loads and loads of them. But like being involved in the industry, how would you talk about that to someone that you're recruiting?
1: I think one is something we kind of touched on just earlier around like the learning curve that they're going to come through. Like they're going to be challenged here. They're more than likely going to do stuff that they haven't done in any other company here in Sydney or Brisbane, Australia, because there's not really that many other crypto exchanges around in Australia and that they can, you know, take a carbon copy of what they've done in a previous role to two year. There will be some similarities. So, I think that's a big one, that learning curve of, and how fast they will learn as well because of how fast we are growing. It's one of those things where you're almost forced to learn really quickly to be successful in your role, but for the company as well. Um, the growth journey that we're going on and we are going to continue to go on as well to be involved at what I think is still you know pretty early stage, even though we are 3, 4 years old and 200 employees, you can still get in pretty early and come along for that ride. And then I think, you know, you will get a better understanding of what crypto is as well just by working here. And you know, it's what everyone sort of talks about. It is what we do at the end of the day. So you might help you along the way of making millions.
0: Literally. Oh my gosh. Some of my favorite conversations is when I actually get to go into the SwiftX office. Like, guys. What projects are we talking about this week? Mm -hmm. What's everyone looking at? And like some of the conversations and and we've had people on the podcast, you know, that have made hundreds of thousands of dollars just because they're in crypto every single day. You know, there is still, even in these markets, opportunities to make a lot of money if you are, you know, timing the market right, which is super interesting. And so looking more broadly, like zooming out, I think something that's fun with new tech Is that there's a whole heap of new jobs that are created that we've kind of never imagined. Have you seen some cool positions come about over the last few years, like with your exposure to the industry?
1: Yeah, there's, I think it's like some that like, you know, community managers, like to me, I'm like, what is that? But then it's like, you know, (laughs) they they manage like SwiftX community, for example, like on all the different sort of groups, the telegram groups and things like that. That two, three years ago I don't think was a thing uh vibe managers, they seem to be the new one that every sort of, you know, upcoming tech company has that, you know, that they look after, I guess, the vibe of the office and, you know, make people want to actually turn up to work and be their best selves and, you know, build some cool shit and, you know, go along for that ride. I think then it's probably not necessarily new roles, but it's probably rebranding of, you know, maybe more traditionally old type roles. I think we're starting to phase out tech related anyway, like solution architects, I think aren't really uh, too much of a thing anymore. Of course there are still solution architects out there, but I think, you know, that staff engineer, because Google and Facebook and, you know, Netflix have that and are quite big on those staff level engineers. I think that's becoming that new type of trendy version of an architect working on that high level architectural type of stuff. So yeah, I think it's just that recycling of, you know, maybe old, outdated not really cool titles and making it something Silicon Valley.
0: Of course. Always, always adding the spin on it. I remember my first startup days, we'd add rockstar to every role. I'm like looking for a customer service rock star. But now it's yeah. you know obviously that next iteration of it being a bit more grown up. You just mentioned vibe and guys, as I mentioned in the intro, this is not to sell Swift We're doing this because it's genuinely something that we think you will be super interested in and we know you are. But I want to touch on the vibe at the SwiftX office because the new offices, when I first went in there, um, and we have recorded a couple of Fs from there, it is incredible. Can you touch on what it looks like? Like, try and paint a picture for our listeners and what sort of things go on in that office?
1: Yeah, I've only really been there twice. I'm based in Sydney, but the time that I've spent there, it's been yeah, awesome. The way it's sort of set out, you, know, you come out of the lift through the sliding doors, and it's almost like 180 degrees of you know which way you can go. You go left, and it's all the PNC team, the recruiters, sort of sit over there with operations, marketing, finance, and then like customer support and our account managers. They're all sort of on one side. Then on the other side is, I guess, where the magic happens, so to speak. That what makes SwiftX what it is. You know, for for everybody listening, um, where all the engineers, the product teams, you know, the squads. They they all sort of sit in there meeting rooms sort of all through the middle and down the outside, you know, all named after different sort of coins or crypto-related stuff. And then, you know, the kitchen's probably my favorite bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Unlimited snacks in there, you know, stuff to make sandwiches. We've got a barista, Kate, who does a whole lot of other stuff apart from just make coffees. But I think that's what everyone loves her for for sure. And then, you know, the, the standard, you know, ping pong table, pool table, and then what is pretty cool as well is the balcony that does wrap around the whole building on our level. I don't know how many other levels in that building actually have a balcony, but we're lucky enough to get one. And I've heard there's talk of a pub, pub course going on it around the whole balcony. So yeah, that'll be super exciting when that happens. I
0: may have heard whispers about that. It sounds very cool. I think like there's a couple of other things that stood out to me and maybe because I'm just a bit weird and like in tune to this, but there's this ball pit room and i remember seeing photos of it before and like you know probably not conducive to work but it looks really great for like a social snap or something and it it is a fun vibe and there's this other room full of like i don't even know how to describe it it's like a cushion room it's like the whole room is made out of cushions and it's just like this really quiet pod where you can just go hang out and sit in a beanbag um and the kitchen that you mentioned like yeah unlimited snaps but kombucha on tap as well and like fully stocked fridges and just like anything you can think of and I think the part that made me laugh the most was when I was doing my tour one of the people who worked at SwiftX she's like you need to come and see the bathroom I'm like what like do you need to go like do you want me to wait outside and she's like no, no no you need to just just come and have a look and you walk into the bathroom and it's like a nightclub like there's plants hanging from the ceiling, so there's neon lights it's crazy I was like how like the level of thought and care that has gone into that building is phenomenal and I think that's again coming back to that vibe like we see that in tech companies now it's more than just having a place to work you know everyone's working remotely so there's all of the other things that you do to keep everyone connected and the social aspects like if you watch the SwiftX linkedin page I feel like you guys are doing something every single week but having that cool hub as well if you do want to go into the office which I think is so special
1: yeah, definitely. I think on the ball pit, I have actually seen people have meetings in there. Um, <laughs> so it's more than just, uh, you know, you know people going in there for a snap for socials or anything like that. So, yeah, I've definitely seen people, you know, getting one into the ball pit each and, you know, do their one-to-ones in there. And balls may have went flying. Um, <laughs> Therapy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's quite interesting. When I saw that, I think as well, it's quite a. It's a very inclusive space as well. Like there is rooms that could be used for arms that needed to breastfeed or pump or anything like that. You know, there is a safer space for them to do that as well, which is awesome. Um, like that the physio room as well, like where people go for massages. When we have the really cool people that do massages in. Seuss, yeah, yeah, that one. Um, but which is pretty cool, and I think all of that just sort of. Is all cool, but that's not a reason you work at a company. It's you know the work you do, the people you work with, and that sort of stuff is a I guess a bonus. And I think what I, I say this to candidates every day, and does seem a little bit funny me saying it being based in Sydney when I'm speaking to people based in Brisbane. But we're not a fully remote company, but we're not a fully office based company. We're hybrid. But I think people genuinely prefer to be in the office than work from home, just because of the culture that has been sort of created and you know kept that same standard from when there was only thirty or forty people last year to now what it is at you know two hundred. Alex and Angus, it's something that's very important to them to keep that as close as what it was back then to you know no matter how big we get. And I think that's why people do want to be in the office because of the people they're with and the culture that we have created.
0: Yeah, that genuine feeling of that they actually care, which is really cool and really special and something that's really hard to keep as you grow. I love that so much. Jordan, whilst I have you here, I really want to pick your brain because I know there's people listening who now understanding that you don't need to know everything about crypto might want to go on a job search or maybe they're already doing one and you have lived and breathed this for years. You are exceptional at what you do. So what would be some general advice that you have for people on how they can stand out? Because it is a pretty competitive market, as we touched on earlier. Yeah,
1: definitely. I think the big one for me, what what I really like is when people have done there Like, like this is for people that are, i guess are applying to roles as opposed to you know myself or any other recruiter reaching out to them you need to try and make yourself stand out right because if you think this role is interesting to you i guarantee there's a whole heap of other people that are thinking the exact same thing and you know as recruiters we do get inundated with you know messages saying hey i'm interested in that role or here's my cv or just the general application so you know for us to remember you from a piece of paper or a document on, on our laptops i think it's like trying to stand out so one thing i i've always done if i've ever interviewed for a role is i like get an insight into what the values of that company are see if they align with you to begin with like we don't hide them here at subdex they are on our website like you can find them pretty easily if you can give examples of how or why those values resonate with you in your CV, in examples of what you've done previously, I think that's always, you know, as a recruiter, I look at that and think, okay, Lee she's done her research and she's highlighted one of our values in terms of what's on her CV as well. I think the big one for like, this is SwiftX. this would be anywhere really that has an app, you know, download the app and play around with it so you can, you know, talk through it. It is a little bit awkward sometimes when you ask a candidate, like, have you, downloaded the app or like have you played around on our website and they just say no it's like okay why not and like i'm not expecting you know people to start investing thousands of dollars or anything like that but just get a general feel for like the ui the user experience you know how things are done and then come to us with like you know in the interview like point out like if you find a bug amazing like as annoying as that is for us the fact that you found that and you've highlighted that Trust me, the hiring managers will love you for that. But yeah, and then, like, maybe you can all then, you know, look to talk through what improvements you would make or what you would change specifically to what you see for your role. Like, if you're a mobile engineer, what would you change about the app in a constructive way, of course? Yeah. Um, I think they're the two big ones and, you know, really understanding why you want to potentially work at this company. Mm.
0: It's insane how many people like that will sound to some people like common sense and like, oh, well, well, like, of course you would have downloaded the app, but actually calling that out because so many people don't. It's just like, why why are you applying for this in the first place? Like, what are you doing, guys? It's not common sense. Everyone doesn't do that. So, I pick tips.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. It's just like, especially, you know, and being prepared for a call. Like, if, you know, we have organized the time to have a chat, like, just little things like making sure you are somewhere where you can speak freely of course you know we understand that things come up you know you've had to get your kids up from school early for whatever reason or you've been caught into a meeting or something like that but you know making sure you're not out walking along a highway where it's quite hard to hear you or that you're on a train where you don't want to speak freely or you're walking around the middle of the office where you're walking past colleagues and things like that so just having an awareness of Where you're taking a call, if it's a video call, making sure, you know, it's a good connection, you've got your camera on as well. Just little things like that to make it the best experience as possible for yourself and, and for us as recruiters. I think at the end of the day, you know, come prepared with questions. Like we will answer as many questions that you have because we want to make sure you've got all the answers before going through a process and committing to a few hours of interviewing to see if you do end up working here. And we want to make sure that you feel comfortable because at the end of the day, you're. The candidate is the person that needs to turn up and work every day and be happy in what they're doing, right?
0: Yeah, it's a waste of everyone's time if it's not the right fit. So, like you know, it's so important to do that beforehand. Amazing! Yeah. And like out of your career, your career in recruitment so far, have you had any standout applications? Like anyone who's been like super outside the box or just done something that's
1: been super memorable for you? For me personally, there was a engineer. Back when I was at my first company, at Evolution in Agency Recruitment, there was an engineer who made his CV into a game. So it's like, like an online game. So you just went to like this website and he had a little character that was him and you used your, the arrows on your keyboard to sort of go and you jump up at certain things and like hit a box and it's experience. Go along, jump over the river or whatever and go, Ooh, uh, education and things like that. So that was cool because, you know, Every, I remember everybody in the office was looking at it even though they didn't have any roles for him or wasn't in their market. So it stood out and every hiring manager that I sent it to was like, this is amazing. I don't have a role, but I'll interview him type thing. Uh, just because of that, you know, out of the box. One of the best ones that I've seen, it wasn't me, it went viral. Sometime last year, a lady created, she wanted to work at Spotify mm-hmm. and she created her CV to look like your Spotify homepage. So it was, like, you know, black with the writings green and different buttons, and it looked like if you were open up your Spotify app, like, the home page and, it like, have a little experience and things like that. Yeah. Like, the fact it went viral, like, on Twitter and all that sort of stuff to the extent where I think the CEO or the founder of Spotify actually saw it because yeah. of people just tagging him on Twitter, and now she's working there. Um, I think so. Because at the end of the day, like, CVs are quite... I don't want to say boring because they are important, but they're very similar, right? It's, you know, there's a few different types of formats out there. So it's like, how do you make it, you know, an enjoyable one or cool or something different? I think like designers have a bit of an advantage because they get to share like portfolios mm. of work that they've done so they can showcase, you know, what they've done. Whereas like engineers and marketing and, you know, finance people, it is a little bit harder to sort of, show the cool work you've done without sort of speaking to it of course engineers have got you know their GitHubs and they can share github profiles of different sort of work they've done which is always handy always helps but yeah it's just trying to you know think how to stand out like even little things like you know putting it into the colors of the brand that you're applying for to is you know blue and white predominantly but with our logo and whatnot so you know just making headers blue or something as long as it doesn't sort of stick out like a sore thumb. That's pretty cool when people do that, especially if you do get invited to do a presentation at a company. I think little things like that, doing things in the color of the company that you're interviewing at, including their logo as much as possible, they're things that I remember as a recruiter.
0: Yeah. And again, going back to that way that you can stand out, like that little point of difference when you're going through, like you know, if you've got 50 applicants that you're going through in a day, Something that puts that five minutes of thinking into how can I make this something that's eye-catching, that's going to be a bit different than anything Jordan's seen today. It's going to be remembered and it's going to be appreciated as well.
1: Hundred percent, yeah. Even even when people like do that and they're not right for a role, it makes you want to call them. Or if you know you don't have a role for whatever they're putting their name forward for, because maybe you filmed it or you know you, that role's not needed anymore, but it just makes you want to call them and find out more about them as well and see there is a way you can create something for them. Yeah.
0: And it doesn't have to be like hard either. I remember I um, was interviewing this chick. She was the head of a PR agency now. But before that, she was applying for a PR role and she she sent them one of her shoes in the mail and she like had a note in there and she's like, look, I've already got one foot in the door. And it's just, you know, something so silly, but it was something sent by post when everyone else was emailing. And it was something that was just so strange and obscure. And You know, guys, please don't all send your shoes to Jordan. I'm sure... <laughs> it wouldn't be that much appreciated, but like, you know, it was something crazy outside the box and it was remembered and she got the job. Like, it's just those little things as
1: well. Yeah, I understand. I've heard of like ones like that where people, you know, send their CV with like a box of cupcakes Yeah, um, to, to the company. Like, feel free to do that, guys. Um, <laughs> no
0: shoes, just cupcakes.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like things like that where it's like you're almost forced to read a CV rather than getting lost and, you know, you kind of have to call the person to say thank you. That's yeah. what I like. I'm about to shoot us
0: like Very, those. very funny. Cool. So Jordan, after all that, like we've got some incredible insights for you. Is there any other advice or anything you'd suggest to anyone who's wanting to enter the world of crypto?
1: I think it's just, you know, do research. Don't be afraid to have conversations with different sort of crypto companies to find out more and, you know, explore more as well. At the end of the day, having an interview with a company doesn't mean... You're committing to working there and that you're leaving the job you love. But you know, if you make that clear to the recruiter that you're speaking with, the start of a process, like that is fine. We will, you know, take our time and go through things with you. We'll set the expectations of hiring managers that hey, Alicia isn't you know actively looking for a role. She's curious about you know what a role in crypto or at a crypto exchange might be like. So, you know, take your time, answer all her questions, that sort of stuff. We are aware that. We're not your traditional gas company or your traditional fintech company. So there is that little bit of nerves, I think, with everyone to, to begin with. If you know you don't invest in crypto and you don't fully believe in it yourself already. But over time that definitely will happen, you know, once you do have your foot in the door.
0: Mm, yeah. Once you see behind the curtains and see all the magic going on, it's pretty hard to stay away.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And so if someone has been listening to this episode, they're like, right, I'm in. I want us to go start up SwiftX. I want to check out that ball pit. Where can they find you? How can they get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, so on LinkedIn, Jordan Verdi, or from our careers website.
0: Perfect. I will pop them both in the show notes for you guys. So you can click on those links and head straight there. But Jordan, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been so fun chatting about this stuff. And we will chat to you very
1: soon. No worries. Thanks for having me.